on podcast 1766 the scout 4x4 ev plans honda's possible supercharger network and neo's battery swap stations in europe Trying a new thing so you know when to expect the show. We go live at 5 p.m. UK. That's midday Eastern. Patreon supporters get the episodes as soon as they're ready and ad-free. Be like them by clicking on a link in the show notes. And welcome to a new Patreon supporter. That'll be you, Rob Hammond. Rob signed up last Thursday. Thank you for your support. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're listening around the world. It's EV News Daily for Tuesday, 7th of March. My name's Martin Lee, and I've been through every EV story, so you don't have to. And it's a really busy podcast. Let's crack on. Volvo Cars reported sales of 51. 1,286 last month in February, which is up on the last month, and sales are growing because of their recharge lineup. That's electrics and plug-in hybrids. Recharge models were 40% of Volvo cars sold globally last month. Fully electric car sales up almost 200%, and almost 20% of Volvo's entire global sales. In the US, recharge was 30% of their sales. In Europe, recharge was 64% of total Volvo sales. Electrics, pure electrics, were 32% in Europe. Volkswagen's Scout brand is going to launch their electric 4x4s in 2026. There'll be pickups and SUVs. The vehicles will be built at the South Carolina plant in the US, and we've got some new information coming in which says the projected uh, rate could be 200,000 vehicles per year. The 4x4, they, uh, the pictures, they're just on like an outline sketch at the minute, so it looks very Land Rover Discovery, or actually more Defendery, more of like a upright posture, like a classic Scout model if you are um, uh, familiar with that. Big ground clearance, large off-road tyres, uh, powered by a new EV platform, backed by technology, so maybe batteries, even electronics from Magna. And they've got the skills because Magna built the Mercedes-Benz G-Class for Mercedes-Benz after all. VW has denied any involvement with Ford making the Scouts, despite rumours of a technical partnership. That'd be really interesting because Ford know how to build trucks, certainly. The factory uh, could almost make uh, could also make an SUV equivalent for Audi. Again, a kind of Land Rover um, Defender, probably uh, kind of competitor. I say more like the Defender than a sort of a, than a Range Rover, really something a bit more utilitarian. Moving on, Tesla has reduced the prices of their Model S and Model X in the US for the second time this year to boost sales. The Model S drops from 105 to $90,000. Model X falls from 121 to $100,000, the fifth time Tesla has reduced their prices over the last few months. Elon Musk discussing the importance of efficient manufacturing at the Investor Day recently and how that can lead to cost savings. Of course, I mean, that's true. Not going to disagree. But also, you know, cutting the costs uh, to the customer does hopefully increase sales. And there are three weeks left to go of the quarter, and we know that Tesla want to hit their target. So maybe it's a good time to jump on board with that. Just wondering. Uh, Neither car is eligible, of course, for the federal tax rebates too expensive. Uh, But the Model 3, certain Model Ys, do still qualify for $7,500 off. But be quick, because we think sometime this month uh, the US will finally get its... um, uh, acting gear, let's say that, and uh, clarify about the battery rules and regs, which will mean that you don't necessarily get all of that 7500 But for now, they've kicked it down the road and said, oh, we'll give it to everyone as long as the car's made in North America. 
Tesla announcing their plans recently of Gigafactory Mexico near Nuevo León. Uh, we now know the factory will be 4,200 acres, which is a huge area, twice the size than they could perhaps need, and cost Tesla around $5 billion to build, pretty much in line with Shanghai and Berlin and Texas. But they've certainly got the land there to expand and do more uh, in the future. 7,000 people could be employed directly. Governor Samuel Garcia confirming the production will start next year. So that is, once again, a bit like China. That is a year from groundbreaking to producing vehicles. And I'm sure that the, let's call it the process in Mexico, much like in China, in terms of permitting, has been uh, expedited, let's say that. I'm sure they're going to wave a lot through, which is music to Tesla's ears. An exciting project for Tesla, as they'll be able to apply all the knowledge from all the gigafactories they've built and make this the best version ever. Tesla is also uh, breaking ground in a kind of non-official groundbreaking ceremony, so no big fuss, uh, on their lithium manufacturing plant, Corpus Christi in Texas. And it could start working later this year. I thought that was more like 2024, uh, so I'll check on that. But the plant will process lithium and raw materials to make battery-grade lithium hydroxide, which is the lithium that Tesla use for their batteries. So lithium hydroxide with that uh, annual capacity equivalent to 50 gigawatt hours worth of batteries per year, which could be you know, 750,000 cars a year. You've got a 75 kilowatt hour battery. You have smaller batteries and make more cars, of course. Tesla has applied and received tax breaks for the $375 million plant and purchased land in the county for the project. Also expanding their operations in Nevada as well, uh, with more tax breaks there that I told you about recently. They did break ground on that new lithium plant, 200 miles south of their headquarters in Austin, Texas. As lithium demand has increased due to the rise in EV sales, uh, the cost of lithium uh, has increased for Tesla 550%. So I'll talk about lithium prices coming down. Lithium carbonate, I gather, has been um, on a wild ride, but is now more affordable. Lithium hydroxide, which is what Tesla use for their cells, still wildly expensive compared to uh, what it used to be. And the investment, of course, will bring growth to the area which Tesla's really good at. Staying in Texas, the Department of Transportation is going to promote EVs by creating EV lanes on US 75 Highway. Uh, They'll be open to zero-emission vehicles for two hours in the morning and two hours in the evening when the roads are at their busiest. And nothing makes me want to buy an EV more than saving money and saving times. If I was stuck on my commute and I saw EVs whizzing by, even if I loved my whatever diesel truck for whatever reason, nothing is more important to me than time and saving time. Now, let's talk about this story I mentioned yesterday. Porsche and Ferrari are two of the brands pushing hard for an exception to the EU's 2035 ban on new combustion engines. They want to go e-fuels. Germany has reopened the debate around uh, some of the forces at play in this move to EV. We thought this was a done deal. It was about to get signed, I think, in the next couple of weeks, if not sooner, into law. Germany threatening to abstain. Now, Germany and Italy, both homes of iconic brands like Ferrari and the German brands as well. And and if some of the European countries or the EU countries weren't fully up for it, that's okay. But if Germany to abstain from the vote, it effectively kills it. For Germany to put our future and our children's future and future generations at risk because Germany loves their car industry. I get it, right? That's what they're proud of. But for them to all of a sudden derail this hugely important clean air uh, legislation would be, I'd be so sad if I, I would be really disappointed. But 
Germany loves their car industry. And if they're being sold on the idea of e-fuels, which are made with electricity, using electricity to uh, create a combustible liquid that you can then pump from your pumps, because the car makers will love that, and uh, then burn, which still emits CO2, but they say, well, if you make it with renewables, then it's technically green. Yeah, a bit like green hydrogen, but there's none of that stuff around either, because there's no excess renewables. I mean, there, there are small projects around the world, but the best thing to do is to generate electricity and then use an electric motor to move yourself forwards, not to create fuels, wastage, inefficiencies, and then go burning stuff that still generates CO2. Most automakers are investing heavily in EVs and don't want this distraction. They just want the rules to be clear and set in stone. Now, Automotive News point out that the 2035 ice ban was due to effectively kick in, I think, Today, I think March the 7th was going to be the day that it became uh, set in stone, but has been delayed, perhaps indefinitely, amid fears that Germany could abstain. The CEO of Polestar, is Thomas Ingenlath, says, and I quote, I would call it almost pathetic. The industry and the politicians should finally give a very clear signal about the journey ahead. And an executive at the breakmaker Brembo, Roberto uh, Vavasori, said, and I quote, the automotive industry's electrification trend at this point is a runaway train. It could be even worse to halt or delay because of the huge amount of carmakers' investment. That story's going to rumble on, and I'll keep you in touch with the latest. Now, one of those German brands, Porsche, the uh, one of the brands pushing for e-fuels, uh, the Porsche 911 GT2 RS will become the most powerful and fastest accelerating street legal version of that car by adding, you guessed it, batteries and motors. They're not ready to give up their engine just yet, though, but they will add technology from the 24 hours of Le Mans winning 919 hybrid uh, with 700 horsepower in total. The car arriving in 2026, over 300 grand. So it'll be a limited edition, only for the billionaires. But uh, the hybrid system is uh, going in to make up for what the combustion system can't. See, Porsche? It... <laughs> It's better to add electricity. Oh, my goodness me. I hope that uh, that uh, EU ban gets sorted out. Negotiations happen. Just look, just exempt Ferrari or something, or I don't know, uh, a percentage of your cars each year. Because by 2035, I don't care if there's a few cars rattling around on e-fuels. What we don't want is for any big car maker to then get the wobbles and not continue this big investment in EVs. Now, let's talk about Honda's EV plans and their hints at a supercharging network. Honda is, of course, jumping into the electric vehicle segment with their first volume EV, the Prologue SUV. That's being developed, made by General Motors, their Ultium platform. Uh, Honda also plans to launch EVs based on their own platform in 2026 called eArchitecture, and they are looking to launch affordable EVs by 2027, again in collaboration with General Motors. Honda is also developing their new EV brand with Sony called Afila which is terrible, but either way. Uh, the car looks great, but Ophelia is an awful name. Uh, the uh, Ophelia uh, model goes in, they say, production 2025. Uh, and Honda globally have a roadmap for 20, uh, 30 EVs by the end of the decade. They want to establish a standalone bit of Honda, a business unit that will move forward with EVs. And that's a good idea because these smaller subsidiaries, business, businesses can be more nimble, operate like a startup. They're also considering whether they need to establish their own network of charging stations to support their customers and do a bit of a Tesla. And that is no bad thing because you can always open it up to others 
see what Tesla have been doing to make a bit of money. Uh, and uh, some of the German car makers have been doing their own thing with charging stations for their, their own drivers as well. No bad thing. All right, coming up on the podcast soon, we'll talk about a big EV sharing hub in Hamburg and Foxconn's plans for EV world domination. Stick around. Those stories are on the way. And if you want this podcast ad-free, you can be like all the Patreon supporters and uh, sign up at patreon.com slash evnewsdaily. It'll remove the ads for you. And if you don't mind the ads, then that's absolutely fine. This podcast will always be free on uh, podcast platforms, but you can uh, become a supporter of the show and get the show first as well each day. Back in a sec. Now let's talk about the UK car industry. They're expecting 500,000 new EVs and hybrids to hit the roads this year. February saw a 26% increase in new registrations compared to last year, uh, with big growth coming from electric vehicles. The Motor Manufacturers Association is calling for the upcoming budget here to address affordability and access to charging. I completely agree with both of those things. BP Pulse, who I've not been the biggest fan of for a while. I think they really dropped the ball in terms of reliability. I just had it. I stopped my membership with them every time I turned up to a BP Pulse. The unit was not working, wouldn't connect, broken. New ones were turned off. Oh, I've talked about it enough on this this podcast. I've given up with BP. But they have opened a new EV charging hub in the UK in Kettering. That's North Northamptonshire uh, with 300 kilowatt chargers. Now, they've got dual heads, so you split them. So they've got 10 chargers, but they can charge 20 cars at 150 kilowatts each. Uh, BP have upped their investment to £18 billion in EV charging infrastructure. And uh, 16 units are coming to the West Midlands very soon, which I presume would then charge 32 cars if there they are, the, the same units they're in. Investing heavily in their worldwide infrastructure investments in the USA. They acquired travel centers of America, but still, uh, BP Pulse have got a long way to go to get me back as a customer. If I'm on a road trip and charging, I'll choose literally anywhere but BP Pulse. Uh, but hopefully, uh, hopefully, maybe some new people have come in or something and they've got some decent hardware that's more reliable. Fingers crossed. Uh, nothing against BP, just I would stung and burnt so many times i'm like that's it never again don't fool me so uh, good luck there hopefully they can turn it around uh, fingers crossed i got her let's face it they've got the money to and uh so that was my always my issue with bt bp they're like is this just a thing that you're doing to dip your toe in the water or are you serious about evs because at the minute you're messing it up big time so hopefully They've got a bit more serious about it. Uh, Let's talk about Hamburg opening Europe's largest EV sharing hub at its airport. 120 parking spots with charging points. The city requires cars with an EV license plate to only park in front of those charging points. Or I presume you get fined uh, or towed or something. The system includes an app for users to view and book the services, uh, EV Switch has got 200 charging points across 16 locations in Hamburg, and they're adding more by the end of the year. Part of the city's efforts to expand public transportation. But that's great. Going to an airport, 120 parking spots, all got chargers. Only EVs can park there. Exactly what we need. If I was flying somewhere, I knew that I could put my car on a really slow charger and come back to a full battery. I wouldn't mind paying for that. Absolutely. Now, Foxconn, the Taiwanese manufacturer for Apple iPhones and other things, is hoping to replicate their success from the iPhone to the EV market. But they were looking for clients to prove they can make the transition. They want 5% of the global EV market in the next two years. So they've got to get about signing some big deals. They say that they can make cars in North America, which they can, uh, because they've got the old GM plant in Ohio. They can make 320,000 vehicles a year. It's so big, but... 
yeah, it's only in theory, um, they've got their own platform, the Harmony EV platform, and they're ready to go. They've even got a former Nissan executive leading their efforts, but so far the big deals have been a bit thin on the ground. Uh, Foxconn owns a stake in Lordstown, so, and they're going to build the Fisker, the next Fisker. Uh, according to Goldman Sachs, the EV outsourcing market is expected to grow as lots of people want to make an electric vehicle, but they want to make their own factory, a la Fisker, if you like, because they've got Magna and now Foxconn making their vehicles. And that's what Foxconn hopes to do, to be a kind of anonymous manufacturer in the background. And you buy a product based on you know, your affiliation with that brand, a bit like Apple iPhones, I guess. Taiwan's um, Foxconn also wants to move into India uh, with partnerships cooperating in areas like chips for EVs. During a visit to India, the chairman and CEO discussed topics uh, about how to enhance India's tech and innovation ecosystem in terms of electric vehicles with their prime minister, Narendra Modi. Uh, Narendra Modi. Now, let's talk recycling. And J.B. Straubel's Redwood Materials just secured a $2 billion loan from the Department of Energy. The funding used to support the construction of their new battery materials campus. They want to make 100 gigawatt hours of ultra-thin battery-grade copper foil and cathode active materials uh, from recycled feedstocks. Then the materials will be used to make more than a million EVs per year from US-made recycled components, which is brilliant. And of course, if those, if those are all processed, and made in the US that gives those materials access to the Inflation Reduction Act money. Brilliant. NEO is next in the news and they're opening their first battery swap station in Denmark to provide uh, NEO drivers in the European countries with battery swap access centrally located and brings NEO's total stations in Europe to 12. They've expanded into Germany, Norway, Netherlands, Sweden, Denmark, of course, and it's uh, near the E20 highway. If you any of my listeners uh, and my Danish listeners that want to go find it and you drive your NEO. Uh, now let's talk about the Chinese company Xiaomi. Uh, they are set to begin mass production of their first EV early next year, according to the company founder. The progress of the production line is exceeding expectations, and they're completing their winter testing. The company has invested $434 million equivalent in R&D, and they also make electric motorcycles as well with Super Soko, or Soko, I didn't know that. Chinese company Xpeng unveiled their P7i. That's a facelift version of the P7. Uh, it's got new NVIDIA chips, got LiDAR for self-driving. It charges at 175 kilowatts, not going to an 800-volt system like the flagship SUV, the G9, though. Uh, deliveries of the P7i begin soon in China and in June in uh, in Europe, when we also get the G9 in September, I believe. I think it's a TBC on that one. It's a big model for Xpeng. P7 is about half of their business, so very important to refresh that and carry on selling. Hyundai has developed a new electric levelling control technology to go into their EVs. I'm not sure if it's going to be coming to your driveway anytime soon, uh, but a way of moving an EV's height up and down by six centimetres, depending on how it's driving, the road surface, the car park that it's in, speed bump and that kind of thing to both protect EV batteries physically underneath, but also to get more range out of the vehicle. So you know, common stuff when you get onto a, a fast road and the vehicle hunkers down. Other brands have done that uh, with their suspension systems. But this is specifically tuned for electric vehicles so that uh, you can reduce the drag and get more range. A couple more stories. I like this one. Uh, two suspects in Georgia were apprehended by police uh, because they tried to use a getaway vehicle that was a Tesla and they hadn't charged it. Officers responded to a dispatch call notifying 
notifying them of thefts in the area. And when they went to go find the thieves, they found a vehicle uh, with stolen gaming systems and uh, suspected drugs as well. But they hadn't charged their, I think it was Model X, before <laughs> attempting to be idiot thieves. So they had to stop and supercharge, which is where the police caught them. <laughs> you know, thieves are not the brightest uh, tool, are they? That's uh, mixing metaphors there. Uh, let's also talk about uh, a long read article if you want to um, have a look at this. I won't go into the whole thing. Intelligent Transport website I found uh, have uh, been talking about how Oslo is the EV capital of the world. 32% of the cars uh, there are being electric. You've got key policies like free parking, uh, free toll roads, and the city government working on uh, electrifying the buses, the maritime sector as well. In the next five years, Oslo will be a, a hopefully a totally electric uh, city to visit with public transportation, etc., etc. Uh, and an interview with uh, their the head of policy there in Intelligent Transport website. So it's a, a long old read, but again, I know lots of listeners to this podcast are interested in stuff like that. So fill your boots. And that's your podcast for today. Thanks to our premium partners, Phil Roberts, Porsche of the Village in Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland and Aloha Charge in Hawaii, Derek Riley's EV Review Island YouTube channel, Octopus Electric Universe, global public charging made simple with one app and one map, and Lease Plan Electric Moments, providing all the tools and guidance EV drivers need. Have a good and see you tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.